is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey friend, it is not too late to get started with the ending nighttime binge eating uh, beta course. The first email went out last Sunday, got some really awesome feedback from um, the participants. And, you know, we really started focusing on the nutrition aspect and making sure that we were fueling our bodies so that, you know, our blood sugar is balanced and we're actually like getting enough calories, getting enough energy into our day so we can function. And that's not leading to us, you know, being in the cabinet in the evenings or if you were like me, my binge eating was me uh, getting French fries on my way home from work because I hadn't eaten all day, and then ordering Grubhub, you know, making fr uh, fried Oreos or eating raw cookie dough, basically just because I hadn't eaten all day. Um, this upcoming week, we're going to get more into the emotional reasons why we binge eat and the OFIT mindset that a lot of us have about food if we're not perfect. Um, I'm really excited for this and just excited to hear what you guys are saying. It's so helpful in me creating this course. So if you haven't joined the email list, um, I will have a link to it in the show notes. Um, it just means the world to me to hear what you guys have to say. Um, I am a teacher by training, um, a health coach as well. Formative assessment is taking what, you know, what people are learning and revamping what it is that I'm teaching so that it's coming out in a way that's actually helping people. So if you are a participant, I thank you so much. If you are about to be a participant, gosh, you're the best. All right, today I have on the podcast Jen Cates. You are going to love Jen Cates. She is a certified health coach, a precision nutrition coach, uh, a trainer, a personal trainer, a CrossFit trainer. Um, she is a cyclist. She has run half marathons, 5Ks, um, you name it. She's probably done it. And she's just an all-around badass person to be around. Um, I actually did get the opportunity to meet her in person. I love meeting my online friends in person. Um, and I think one of the most powerful things to see is that not everyone has this perfect life. In fact, no one does. No one has this perfect approach to life. Everyone is making stuff up as they go, doing little mini science experiments and figuring out what works for them. And I think that that's one of the powerful things powerful things that I get from my conversation with Jen is that she had a lot of struggle, but she kind of, you know, this growth mindset, always thinking about what you can learn from things, how you can improve your life and coming from a place of loving yourself instead of hate, hating and shaming and guilting. And you'll hear she definitely works with her clients with this same mindset. All right, let's get started with Jen. All right. I'm so excited on the podcast today. We have Jen Cates. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited. So Jen is also a member of the coaching community that I'm in. Um, guys, I'm so serious. You have to reach out and find someone to help you along. And fun fact, we get to meet in person <laughs> very soon. Like 12 years ago, you like don't meet people on the internet. Now it's like, <laughs> it's all you do is just, oh, internet friend, let's hang out in real life. And it seems um, normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So John, I love your story and I can't wait to dive in a little bit more. I think that people are really going to relate to just the transformation that you've made over the last couple of years. So let's get started. What did fitness look like for you? Maybe like in high school or college and like early adult life? Was it present? It was, mm -hmm. but in ebbs and flows, like anything, I guess, you know, there was always these seasons of my life where some involved a lot more fitness and a lot more focus on myself and then others involved more focus on other people, you know, mm -hmm. and during those periods of time when I was focusing on other people or making other people happy, 
I tended to take uh, a little bit of a back burner. But in high school, I was never, I was a nerd. I, you know, I was kind of a geek, um, I guess is a better word. And I was in a magnet program. And, you know, we had to commute to, to high school 30 minutes each way, which isn't that bad. But I was basically outside of my school zone. And um, because of the time involved with everything with schooling and things like that, didn't really have much time to pursue, you know, athletic endeavors. Um, I did play tennis, you know, being from Florida, it's basically tennis and golf. <laughs> and I did play tennis growing up. Um, so I did that quite a bit. But I definitely had some influence with my family or from my family, especially a couple of uncles that I had or still have. Uh, one's a power lifter and the other one was a bodybuilder. And so growing up, I was always, I was always around them and saw their influence for sure on, you know, their opinion of making women strong as well. And my parents as well, because my, you know, both my parents are, are quite the feminist and, and, you know, my, my dad's ex-military and he, he's always been very fit, you know, still to this day, he does Tai Chi every morning and, um, and really tries to take care of himself. And they've definitely conveyed that to me, but I was never a typical athlete you know, like a high school athlete or a college athlete or anything like that. I really just hit the weight room and did it to be fun. Um, and it's still, you know, I liked building strong muscles for sure. I wanted to be Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2. I wanted to have her biceps, but, um, but it was always, it was just an ebb and a flow. And it wasn't really until I, until I hit college, I found a little bit more of a flow in terms of getting to the weight room more regularly. And then definitely in the last few years of my life, for sure, I'd say in the last 10 years, it's definitely had a huge presence in my life. I, that's so interesting. Um, I think, so the last couple of podcasts where I've asked people about this, they're like, yeah, like we did like seperobics or we did like the slidey things, um, just like really cardio based workouts. Cause mm-hmm. that's what was presented to us when like, that's what I did when I was in high school or like after college or whatever. So it's pretty cool that you had this experience with strength training pretty early on. That's yeah. Typical. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, even gosh, I think I got my first set of dumbbells, my uncle, the powerlifting uncle who owned the powerlifting gym in Georgia, he bought me my first set of uh, eight pound dumbbells. And I was trying to convince him to buy me the five pounds. And he's like, no, Jen, Jen, let's do the eight. Um, And I was, I think, like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember just reading um, early on, you know, a lot of like the Kennedy publications, things like that, that he would put out. Um, which are, are now kind of like oxygen magazine, things like that, that are more commonplace. I still remember reading that, uh, those magazines like Longevity, which is, you know, circa 1980s. Um, and just taking what I, whatever I could take out of that, out of that, the articles that they would present. I, yeah, I would totally geek out on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that a lot. Um, just this idea of like fitness being this thing to be stronger, like not taking away, which is like, I think it's so hard sometimes like we think about working out to cut calories to burn calories to get skinnier like fitness as a way of adding value to like that's really cool that you had that early on yeah no I agree I appreciate it I'm super grateful for it too yeah Yeah. so this didn't so you talked about like the ebbs and flows um you weren't always um in the online fitness community or uh personal training what was your um your career like before this? <laughs> uh, well, I've had a couple of careers already, you know, and uh, first thing was mostly, you know, right out of college, I did a lot of like uh, management 
in, you know, the coffee industry and food service, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good, good coffee that you have. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I did that a lot. I really loved being in the service industry. It wasn't really a passion of mine. Um, and I had a health uh, thing actually pop up in around 2005. And for lack of a better way to put it, it was actually a, a brain cancer scare. Um, it ended up not being a brain cancer scare, which is great. But, you know, I was about 25 at that time. Um, and I, I had a point in my life where nothing against the service industry by any means, but it just wasn't my, it wasn't my passion. Um, and I always had a pool to do HIV work, you know, and I've done HIV work on and off on a volunteer basis when I was in high school and in early college. So got this uh, position at a nonprofit and they did research. I thought I was going to be hired to do a HIV training in Africa. Um, but actually I was hired to do HIV work on their study sector. And I knew nothing about research or studies by any means at that point, other than what I had learned in college. And um, when I found out about the job, I, you know, they basically taught me from ground up, you know, but I was a little bit frustrated, like, oh, I thought I was going to be going to Africa and teaching people about HIV prevention, which would have been so rad. Um, but that's when I started learning about research and learned about, you know, the wonderful FDA guidelines and all the regulations and, and everything. Um, and then I proceeded to have a career in uh, pharmaceutical research for about 12 years. And that was a bulk of my bulk of my, that was my, basically my last career. Um, until finally a couple of years ago, I, I just started to not, I started to question myself, you know, and why didn't I pursue fitness when I wanted to, when I was 15, you know, why didn't I do that? And, um, you know, at the time, athletic trainers who were female weren't really well known, um, or at least athletic trainers, you know, at the professional sports level or things like that. So I, I basically talked myself out of it, you know, and family talked me out of it a little bit. Um, and, you know, so I, my, I pursued a completely different education uh, when I was in college. So having gone back into the science with this research job, you know, 12 years, I really loved it. I was good at it, but it just wasn't fulfilling me. Like I felt like fitness and, and health would. So I finally just came to this point where I was like, okay, let me take some online clients. Just, you know, first few were free and were fun. And it was just because I loved it. And I still had my full-time job. But then when I was having my full-time job, I started to question <laughs> and thought, okay, I think it's time to, time to maybe try this out and make a jump you know, because it, it fulfilled me so much that I, I wanted to pursue it even more. And yeah, that's kind of how I found myself where I am now, you know, so I've been out on my own solo uh, with my wellness company for, I guess, about, well, a year, technically, like a little over a year, because it was last July, July 2017, that I left my career. And that was scary. That was a huge leap. But, you know, I haven't regretted it since. It's definitely been a big adjustment. But I love it. Absolutely love it. It wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, so I know a lot of people come to this show, they're, they're like searching like new running podcasts, and then they find this show. And I just love to talk about stuff besides just running, because I think that people start running because it's easy and you don't need any equipment, but they're searching for something else. They're like, something in my life is not balanced. I need to, you know, I need this like, um, 
something besides what I'm doing with work. I need something. And, and a lot of people find, you know, fitness as this like missing piece. (laughs) And I love just like exploring that, like, Hey, like you, if your life is not going perfectly, like, Hey, guess what? (laughs) You're not the only one. Um, and it's okay to make those changes. And, um, even just what you said, and that was in Jill's story as well. Like fitness wasn't like this, like prestigious thing, like highly looked upon. Um, I remember her saying like her parents were like, no, please don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Because I remember being asked, do you want to be a trainer when you're 40? And here I am, I'm almost 40. And I'm thinking, hell yeah, I want to be a trainer. You know, this, this makes me so happy. Um, just to know that you're, you're impacting someone or, you know, I even was talking to my brother who's 10 years older than I am. And I was talking to him last week and he's like, you know, Jen, I still remember what you said to me like several years ago about how you cannot out train a diet. And I was like, you remember that from several years ago? And he's like, yeah, no, I totally remember. You cannot out train, you know, poor nutrition. Like you really just can't. Uh, you have to take care of yourself. And it's really cool to know that like little snippets of what you say stick with people, you know, and they grab onto it, which is great. Yeah. Like you are, yeah. Um, making a, like a bigger impact <laughs> even your life. And it is, and it's so true. And I am just what you just said too. <laughs> you can't out train a bad diet. You have to take care of yourself. <laughs> it's true. It is. It's very true. I've discovered that the hard, well, the, not the hard way, but the easy way, I guess now. <laughs> but you know, it, t- it took that discovery to really to want to make that change or to want to help make that change with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So was there ever a time that, um, in like, while you were at your corporate job that you didn't have that self-care component, like, was there ever like these struggles that like brought you back to fitness or like struggles with body image or food or lack of self-care or anything like that? Oh yes, <laughs> definitely. And that's, probably the biggest reason why I did want to form my wellness company, you know, um, just because I do want to take care of people who are desk bound or plane bound or airport bound because shortly after I did start, you know, that career, I did start to travel internationally as well as domestically, um, very regularly. Uh, most of the time it was weekly. Sometimes it was multiple cities in a week but I'd say most of the weeks it was a one, one city, but you were there for a few days. So I was living on airport food, you know, uh, Starbucks. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Starbucks, but, you know, I was living on a lot of just your airport staple food, uh, fast food, things like that. And I was sitting a lot. And um, that basically created a really good perfect storm for me to gain, uh, I think it was like 10 to 15 pounds, like the first year that I started to travel more heavily. And that's when I thought, okay, this needs to change. Because at the time, I was more of an endurance athlete. Still doing strength training, of course, because I can't give that up. But I was definitely more of an endurance athlete. And, and it was starting to impact my, my biking and, and everything. And definitely my running, just because you're carrying around the extra weight. And it's not a positive weight. You know, it wasn't muscle or anything like that. But yeah, I definitely started to shift and refocus on my food choices and, and how much alcohol I was truly drinking during those business trips. Um, you know, when you find yourself bored in, a, in an airport, wine was always a great answer. <laughs> so I, I had to shift that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I basically just tried to make better choices while I was on the road, as well as incorporate some, some unique strength training elements to help counteract, you know, the hip imbalances that I was experiencing in low back pain. And, um, and that definitely helped me 
refocus and obviously lose the weight and things like that. So it was, it was positive, you know, it was definitely a positive impact. And, and I, I, hopefully I, I do that with my clients now, at least that's what my aim is because I do work with a lot of professionals who are road warriors. Yeah. I'm coming to you from a hotel room right now. And, um, that was actually, I, I think along with that, that was a realization for myself, like, Hey, if we're not going to live this typical life, you need to figure things out. Like you're not always going to be able to control everything. So you got to figure out how are you going to make the best decisions given what you have? Yeah. Like, so what do you have any tips like with that, um, uh, for traveling on the road? Like what, you know, what can someone do? Like if they are in an airport or at a hotel or, you know, business meetings, like how do you even start with that? My thing is I always try to keep it simple, you know, because really no matter where you go, um, restaurant wise, cafe, even the little, um, quickie marts that are in the airport, you're going to have healthier choices and not so healthy choices. Because really when you look at food, I don't consider food bad or good. I, I really, truly don't. I used to. Um, but food is food. You know, it's something that you're eating. And, but I do like to think of food as being more or less on a spectrum of maybe less ideal choice versus a healthier choice or a better choice um, that might fuel you better for the day that's ahead. So really what I do is like, I look at, okay, what am I doing that day? Um, so if I'm in an airport and I'm just going to be flying that day, I actually tend to eat relatively light and tend to hydrate really well. So I try to limit my coffee drinks, um, tend to hydrate a little bit more just to help with water retention, honestly, because if there's one thing that makes me feel absolutely gross while I'm traveling is just to add it water retention. It just makes me feel bloated. makes me feel, I don't know, that fluffy feeling is just sure. not ideal when you're, when you're traveling. So I tend to tend to eat relatively lean on those days, a little bit more salads, a little bit more vegetables. Um, but also when I'm sitting in a cafe, I always look at those options too and think about, okay, maybe the little petite scone is a less ideal choice versus the boxed salad or boxed protein, you know, mixes that, that this place, this particular place has that will go unnamed. Um, you know, so I, I tend to look at it that way and just kind of think of it as, as a good balance. But, you know, with that being said, there are times when I am on the road and I do have cravings. I mean, everyone has cravings. Uh, mine usually tends to be like chocolate or something that's a little bit richer. So I also tend to, to pack ahead and plan ahead. So I buy like little squares of chocolate that I take with me, little dark chocolate squares. Um, and that helps me, you know, first of all, uh, not eat the whole bag. And then second of all, it just gives me that, that out that, oh, I have this, I have this little snack in my bag and I'm going to eat as normal as I can. Um, you know, whatever your definition of normal is, I yeah. guess. And, and I, I know that I have that to factor in for the day, you know, maybe have a glass of wine if I, if I can, things like that. So it's all about a balance, you know, and just finding that middle road is what I call it. Um, because, you know, when we take the extremes, especially when we're traveling, that's when we do find ourselves in the airport lounge um, you know, just pounding the wine or pounding the beer. Uh, not that I know from experience or anything, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, you, you do, you're lonely when you're traveling, especially work travel by yourself. Um, 
so you need to you need to respect those emotions that you're going to feel when you're on the road and know that really no amount of food or alcohol is going to going to fill that you know and sometimes it's just better to uh to treat yourself better because then at least you're feeling good um and that'll at least help you feel not so sad (laughs) when you're traveling by yourself so i don't know it's kind of a roundabout answer to it but but really just trying to look at food on that spectrum and seeing what better choices you can make throughout your trip um really it really just it just helps tremendously for me yeah, I love that. And I, I think even the, the use of the word balance, I think a lot of people can be confused about what that mean that means. And so they think that balance is going from the two extremes to eating really poorly to eating really perfectly. And then the mm-hmm. seesaw is always moving, but the balance like, oh, having salad with you know, a square of chocolate. I call it single serving desserts or like oh, yeah. mini processed foods along with your meal, like and then the seesaw is like doing little, little teeters instead of like, you can't see the hand motions I'm making, but you know, yeah. like, um, I like that idea. Um, I think that that can really help people. And I'm sure your clients like <laughs> probably love that part of you. Like, Oh, she's not going to yell at me for having chocolate with my salad. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> and that's one of the first things that people do ask me, Jen. Okay. What, what do I need to eat now before I start working with you that I'm not going to be able to eat when, yeah. when we're working together? And I laugh, I mean, not laugh at them. It's more like a laugh with them. And I'm like, well, news for you. Um, You know, I still drink beer. I still drink wine. Uh, I live in Denver, you know. This is a city of microbreweries. And yeah, I mean, that's that's all a part of life. And it's just, I don't have six beers, you know. I, I tend to find that balance. And the balance looks different for everyone. And that's, I think, a key is it doesn't look it doesn't look the same for for every single person out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, going back to what you said about longevity and like normal eating and all of that, like eating for our longevity and fueling our body. But like how I eat is completely different than how you eat. Actually, it's not. <laughs> we talked about before how we actually eat very similar, but it, it's a yeah. little different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talk about it is a little different, but. Um, yeah, that can be hard for people. Like, wait, there's no black and white rules? Ugh. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. And I think a lot of people, like some people do thrive with black and white rules, but I'd say it's a little bit more rare, um, especially once they do start to experience the the magic of just being flexible and being forgiving with themselves, you know, especially like we just celebrate Labor Day weekend recently here in the States. And, you know, yeah, some of my clients may have uh, experienced a little bit more tequila and wine than they're used to, myself included. You know, I went to Washington State, which is where you are right now, yeah. and there's wineries, and yeah. I love wine. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of my favorite things to do when I do travel is, is to go to, like, local wine tasting rooms, things like that. So, yeah, we went to a couple of vineyard rooms that were in uh, the eastern part of the state that we were in, and and I had a good time. and. Mm-hmm. But I knew, yeah, tomorrow I might not feel like mm-hmm. super ideal, but whatever, tomorrow's a fresh day, start fresh with my breakfast and, you know, and go from there. Um, because yeah, it's, I don't want to spend 95% of my life trying to make myself, you know, one to 2% lighter or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Um, that's, that's a little bit skewed for me. So, and that's just not how I choose to live my life. 
Um, and I never want anyone to feel like they're being restricted. So, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. And it's so hard. Um, cause we, that's when we think, oh, I'm being health. If I'm going to make healthier choices, that means I have to restrict. So it's, um, just a breath of fresh air to hear. Oh, she had, she had beer and she had wine. Like, I'm like, oh, I had pizza last night. Um, was kind of yes. full started this morning with eggs and spinach. Felt great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, we have to be realistic too. Like after my wine tasting experience this past weekend, I knew the next day, okay, I'm going to be a little bit bloated or whatever. Ooh, bloat. It's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. it's just some water retention. Um, and I'll just hyperhydrate the next day, not hyperhydrate, but I'll just hydrate <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. So I love hearing about, um, just what, so you said you do, uh, biking and you do running and what does that look like in your life? Um, are you big on races? Uh, I just love hearing about what people do in their personal time. <laughs> uh, the definition of race is different for me than mm -hmm. most people. Um, I tend to really like like team races that are mountain biking races. I, I had my first experience with that this past, uh, this past spring, early summer and it was a lot of fun. It involved some stitches for me on my elbow because of just a poor decision on my part. But I definitely liked that environment instead of more of an individual race. I've done a few individual races that were mountain biking races and I did well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just so much fun in a team element. Um, running wise, yeah, I've done 5Ks and half marathon, mm -hmm. things like that. But I'll be honest, running isn't really... Yeah. My forte, I'm more of a sprinter. I mean, especially if you could see my body, yeah. you'll see I'm more of a sprinter body. Mm -hmm. um, although I do love the grinding, like just the mindset grind effect of a long distance run. I do love that. But now I get that more with just long distance biking and things like that. So yeah, I'd say my big thing competitively, you know, competition wise rather is, um, is with mountain biking and a little bit with CrossFit, but not much uh, just because, you know, I don't like to to, to do CrossFit hundred percent of my time. I really, you know, living here in Colorado, I just, I enjoy the outdoors way too much uh, to spend it all in the gym. So I definitely spend more time outside than inside. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. And, you know, just kind of how we can start fitness doing one thing and then it just kind of like moves us along to something else. And then we're like, Oh, I'm not just doing this to lose weight, but I'm doing this because this is actually fun. And yeah. like, I mean, doing a race in Denver, that sounds crazy. Like I just, I've never done anything with biking. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fun. Um, you know, the mountains, the mountains here certainly present a different type of obstacle than they did in, in previous places that I've lived, previous states. But um, I like it. I don't know. I like it. I love just the idea of grinding up a mountain that on my bike that normally people drive up in order to ski down like that you know that experience <laughs> me, yeah that experience for me it was my first time experiencing that was this past uh, spring while I was training for a long event that I did a couple of months ago and when I realized because they kept saying oh yeah Loveland Pass Loveland Pass and I thought oh okay I, I think I kind of know where that is and it wasn't until we started to bike up it where I thought oh I've I've driven up this to to go skiing or snowboarding so that's, that's when it dawned on me, first of all, oh shit, oh wait, <laughs> <Yeah>. my curse. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, that was my first thought. Yeah. And then my second thought once I started to bike up was, okay, this isn't too bad. I just have to basically put my head down and do it. So 
Yeah, the mental discipline that you get from it. And then like later on, I think about this all the time. Like I'll be sitting in traffic and be like, oh, I don't want to be sitting here. And then I'm like, hey, Jacqueline, remember that time you ran a marathon and it took you like six hours? You can handle this, like yeah. calm down. <laughs> exactly. Like this isn't too bad. <laughs> it really yeah. does add perspective to your day. Oh yeah, it really does. Um, which I think is so important for adults too, like getting a hobby like that. Cause it's like, it's the sense of joy that adds so much strength to other parts of your life that oh, you don't yeah. expect. Yeah, yeah. The confidence to me, the confidence has been exponential, especially, you know, the heavier weights that I lift, but then also the longer distances that I go. Um, that is such a confidence builder. And I love seeing that too with my clients, you know, when they do start to feel like they, they have a little bit more control over, you know, the way that they're eating and the way that they are approaching food, it, it shifts and you see that confidence to where they can trust themselves to take care of themselves and to feed yeah. themselves, you know, and, and to know that, yeah, processed food isn't that bad. You just have to balance it out with the, with the green stuff and with the stuff that grows out of the ground. And, um, and that's really empowering, really cool to see. Yeah. And I think that that goes hand in hand with um, like doing something with fitness, building that confidence, building that trust. Like you said, a lot of us, don't, we don't trust ourselves. That's why we're doing that. Like, we have the all or nothing mindset. We have the perfectionism. Like we don't trust ourselves because we've never, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It really is. You know, and and of course, we always look at social media doesn't help. So we always look at social media posts and think, ah, so-and-so has what, what I want. And that, you know, obviously shifts our mindset even more. And, and that can definitely impact the way that we look at ourselves. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Nice. It was so easy for that person. I'll never be like that person. I'll just have to, you know, I'll just never change. So it'll just be me. Yeah. It's like, oh, which is why I love talking about this stuff for other people to see, hey, <laughs> we've all struggled with this. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, it just takes trial and error. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. But, so guys, I don't know if you know this, but Jen is actually a model. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. So you were on the cover of a magazine. It was so cool to see. Tell us more about that. What magazine was it? Um, how did you get on there? Yeah, no, definitely. It was actually, it was purely accidental, but it was on... Um, the ACSM's journal. So it was, I, I jokingly and lovingly say, you know, my first covered appearance was on a nerd journal or a geek <laughs> journal about sports medicine. Uh, and this particular issue was their nutrition issue. And, you know, they published the journal, I think like every two months or so, at least quarterly. And this was their big nutrition issue. And I had a photo shoot back in April or May of this year. Um, and the photographer who is just, you know, very skilled at, at fitness photography and, and things like that. Plus he's just generally just a nice guy and he's incredibly smart. He's an exercise physiologist. He's actually on the board of, uh, the ACSM here in the Rocky mountain district. And he submitted my photo that of me eating an apple, uh, <laughs> awkwardly. He submitted my photo along with a few other models' photos that he had eating, and we were all eating, you know, great. <laughs> and the board voted, and he texted me and said, Hey, just as a heads up, I did submit your photo 
because he had full rights, you know, it's his photo. Uh, I did submit your photo to the board to vote on and I should know in the next week or so, you know, like I'm excited. And he's like, I think they're leaning towards your photo. And I was like, which one? <laughs> the one of me. Oh yeah. The one of me eating an apple and literally it was the juiciest apple that I had eaten in so long. And it was all over my face. <laughs> like the, I'm sure if you were to zoom into the photo, you'd see like the apple juice just dripping down my chin. And I'm in the process of wiping it off of my chin on the cover of a magazine. So, you know, that's why I'm half smiling and like looking off in the distance because it's typical Jen for me to be eating and like have food just all over my face. So <laughs> yeah. not the most graceful, not the most graceful eater. So that's, that I feel like is the irony in all of it. Um, is yeah, I'm, I was a food model basically <laughs> on a nutrition journal. So, so yeah, but Trevor, shout out to Trevor. Uh, he was, he was great to work with. So Trevor Benyon. Yeah. yeah, no, that was really cool to see. And I just, yeah, I loved your, um, your humor with that. It was, um, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a copy of the magazine tonight, which is great. Yay. Yeah. Yes, that'll be exciting. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you and learn more about your services? You have Instagram, Facebook. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, no, I oh, do. Yeah. I, do. <laughs> um, I do. So they can go to my website, www.mymerewellness.com. So it's M-Y-M-E-R-U wellness.com. They can also find me on Instagram, Meru Wellness. And, you know, of course, Jen Cates. I think I'm on there as Jen Laughs and Lifts. And because it's pretty true, I'm pretty much laughing at any moment. But yeah, shoot me an email too, jen at mymariewellness.com. Um, I'm really approachable, but if anyone's ever curious and just wants to chat, that's how they can find me. Yeah, I think it's just so good to find, also just like like we talked about, finding you know just positive people on social media that have like a good idea of balance out there. Um, it's just, we need that. We need more balance and less perfection. Um, Definitely, yeah. We have to be, I always like to say, you know, uh, perfectly imperfect because it's true. And, you know, finding that little balance, finding some forgiveness with ourselves, it's incredibly important. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, John. It was great speaking with you today. Thanks, Jacqueline. I'll see you next week. I know. All right.